You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., episode number 264. If you really want to do deals and you really, really want to be different than everyone else, you're going to have to do relentless follow-up. That's kind of the words I've put together on that. It's relentless follow-up. It's making sure that you are following up, following up, following up, like until you're for sure, you're at certainty that there's nothing here or they don't want to do business, whatever it is. Today's show is brought to you by the good folks over at Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook and a 30-day free trial. So to take advantage of this special offer, go to www.audibletrial.com forward slash wholesaling inc. Download your title free and start listening immediately. It's that easy. Just head over to audibletrial.com forward slash wholesaling inc and download your free audiobook today this is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results investor grit presents wholesaling inc the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim. Welcome to another episode here at Wholesaling Inc. My name is Cody Hoffheim. I will be hosting today's episode and I am super excited to be with each one of you, Rhino Nation, today. We are here to deliver nothing but value to your wholesaling business. Now, if those of you that are new to the podcast, first and foremost, welcome to the Wholesaling Inc. podcast where we are dedicated on helping you find your first wholesale deal. And for those that are still like just barely getting involved, wholesaling, it just to make it understandable, it's simple. It's just simply the art of finding discounted properties. So if you can think of it that way, that's all it is, the art of finding discounted properties. From there, you have so many options, and we're going to talk about one of those options today. Today, we have a rock star, Rhino, who just recently closed on his first deal, and it is a home run. This guy went for a grand slam for his first deal, and he's going to share all the details. So get a piece of paper, get a pen, and get ready to jot down all these gold nuggets. It's going to be amazing, and then you'll hear me even stop every now and again and say, oh my gosh, so I'll point out some of the gold nuggets as well. But today we have Scott Dallinger. He is from Portland, Oregon. He's married and does wholesaling part-time, and he's been in the tribe since May of last year, and he's been working deals, working hard, and he might even share how uh, he's even come across even his own struggles and challenges within wholesaling but then ultimately how all those struggles, trials, and challenges led him to be a better individual, which led him to this big home run deal that we're going to talk about today. So Scott, my man, how in the heck are you? Hey, Cody, I'm fantastic. How are you? Good, good, good. I'm excited to be here today. I mean, I already know the outcome of this story. We're going to build it up to the point where everyone listening today can really gain just a ton of value from this and get a ton of gold nuggets. And ultimately, we're going to break this down step by step on this deal. But first and foremost, what got you into wholesaling? Why did you in the first place even start looking at wholesaling? Yeah, thank you, Cody. And I'm just super excited to be on this podcast. What got me into wholesaling was in 2016, my my dad passed away. And 
after everything was done, my wife and I, we took off, we hit the road and we just went around the Southwest United States, Arizona and Utah, and we were binging bigger pockets. And the episodes that stood out most to me and that really resonated with me were the ones where there were wholesalers on it. And I think I remember a guy in Dallas or something that was earning something like $400,000 a month. And I just thought, holy smokes, you know, that's the way to get rich quickly in real estate. So after a few more of those episodes, it was 2017, the beginning of last year, which was 2018, we made the decision that, you know, I'm going to start wholesaling. I'm going to make this successful. So that was in January when I started, but it wasn't until May when I joined the tribe. So in that time, before you joined Tribe, was it just stuff you started trying to do on your own and saying like, let's go out there, let's try this, let's see if it works? Exactly. As YouTube University, looking at the <laughs> Facebook groups, uh, you know, I bought some audiobooks on wholesaling and just tried to send out some different types of mailers and I would, you know, connect with other wholesalers and tell me do this, but there was no compass. What was your biggest struggle? I was going to say what, I mean, you say there's no compass. What was... I mean, hindsight's always twenty twenty. but during yeah. those first three, four, five months, what did you feel like the big disconnect was? Was it bad information or just no confidence in what you're doing? What did it look like? It was, it was no consistency with, with a proven strategy. When you don't have someone that's really holding your hand and guiding you through the process and someone just says, you know, try this and you drop $400, $500 on a mailing and it doesn't work, it's really difficult to do that next mailing and continue to do it. So I tried so a few true. of them and, and got really, you know, very few leads and consistent leads and low quality leads. And I was determined that I was going to make it work. So I tried bandit signs. I basically tried a little bit of everything, got myself a, a website, but um, didn't really dominate anyone's just strategy. Just shooting a shotgun, so, just spreading those babies yeah. everywhere. <laughs> that's what you told me on my initial consulting call. <laughs> you said, you got to focus on one thing. And that's the day that I joined the tribe. Oh, so, 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 so awesome. Well, Let's rock and roll and let's move forward and let's go right to the meat and potatoes of this. So again, Rhino Nation, this is the time to really pull out the piece of paper, pull out a pen and get ready to jot down some gold nuggets because this deal, what we're going to talk about is, is game changing. In fact, it's very much life changing for Scott and he's going to share his story about what because of this deal, also what he's able to do here in the near future. So Scott, let's rock and roll and let's go right from the beginning. So First and foremost, we talk about marketing. What marketing channel did you use when it came to finding this deal? I used, first it was direct mail. It was the Tom Kroll list. Uh-huh. And, and I hit it with direct mail first. And then I, I skip traced it using batch skip tracing and the TTP code. And then I started calling it. Perfect, perfect. So, and I have questions all the time, and this is the funny because you don't have the answer, but nor do I. Everyone's like, hey, what is the Tom Crow list? What does it consist yeah. of? I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> Neither do they I. Call I, it the Tom Crow list, but the guy that provides this doesn't actually tell us what it is. It's just a hot <laughs> list. <laughs> exactly. So it's kind of a it's kind of a secret. So I wish I could help you guys, Rhino Nation here, know and understand what that list is all about. But I actually don't have any clue what that list is all about. All I know is I just love that list. So you tried the mailing, didn't get some, uh, didn't get the leads that you wanted. So then you skip trace, meaning you you get the phone numbers to those same individuals. You started reaching out to them and and you called them. And then what did the f- conversation sound like? How how did you know that this could potentially be a deal? So conversation, 
went like this. I, I called, I asked to speak with the seller who was a, a man, a male, and a, a lady answered the phone. She said, well, that's my husband. He just passed away. And I said, okay, I'm, I'm so sorry to hear that. Are you interested in receiving an offer on your property? I just went straight into it like that. And she said, well, I hadn't even thought about it before you called, but um, I, I might be. So right then and there, I said, okay, when can we meet with you? Can we meet with you today? I wanted to book the appointment right away and get down there. Uh-huh. And she's, uh, she basically said, we can meet with her tomorrow. Now, so I was still this down. Is something, this is interesting, Scott. You're sharing something that I don't know if I personally have actually heard this conversation before. Like, or, or maybe we have. I just can't think in my mind. In, uh-huh. in, in all the deals I've done in Utah, this is very unique. You called an individual that's like, actually, before you called, I've never even considered it. But now that you say it, it actually sounds kind of, okay, maybe. Yeah. I I mean, the the house had some problems. It was a small house. She had two boys, pretty run down on the inside, full of stuff. So in her mind, even though I guess she hadn't thought about selling once I mentioned it to her, maybe it sounded pretty appealing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what did it look like? You go visit her the next day. What were you able to determine as you started talking to her and how were you able to just serve her and help her in any given day? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So I was still down in Southern California. I moved up from Southern California and at the time I was still down there. So I did this cold call from there. I sent my mom out to the appointment because she was already up in Oregon and I just prepped my mom on the situation and I said, Hey, let's try to close this deal. Here's the paperwork. So my mom went out there and we, um, talked about the property. She showed us around. My mom built a lot of rapport with her. And when it came time to try to make the deal, she said, you know, I'm I'm just not, I don't think I'm ready yet. I want to do it, but I don't think that I'm ready yet. And she threw out a number, which was a pretty darn low number. So we knew that we were on the right track there. So we, my mom kept, you know, pressing and pressing, trying to, trying to get the close. And what we were doing was she was communicating back and forth with me. And I said, you know, we'll, we'll put the closing date because her big objection was, she said, if I sell to you right now, I don't know where I'm going to go. So I said, yeah. well, let's put the closing date out a couple months. And, um, and that didn't work. And ultimately, we did not get the deal that day. Uh-huh. And that was back in November. So a couple months passed. I moved up to Oregon we tried to re-engage that lead and she didn't answer any phone calls or text messages or anything. It just went cold. So I dropped by unannounced and just went there and had the paperwork in my car, knocked on the door, said, hi, my name's, my name's Scott Dallinger. My mom met with you last year about possibly buying your house. And she said, uh, okay, come in. So I went into her living room. Well, hold on right here. I, I already love this, Scott. Yeah. Keep this thought where you're at because I want you to continue exactly right here. But This is a good point. Rhino Nation, I want you to listen to this real quick, is listening to the amount of times that is a follow-up. And so even though it had went dark and it went to the point of no communication, not answering phone calls, maybe not answering text messages or emails or any form of communication, but still Scott, after a year, goes out to this individual's home unannounced and just happens to knock on the door. I can't tell you actually how many times I have heard this story in the sense of, If you really want to do deals and you really, really want to be different than everyone else, you're going to have to do relentless follow-up. That's kind of the words I've put together on that. It's relentless follow-up. It's making sure that you are following up, following up, following up, like until you're for sure, you're at certainty that there's nothing here or they don't want to do business, whatever it is. And so this is crucial. Now keep going. So you're you're in the the living room. She invites you in and, and, and keep going from there. 
Yeah, so she invited me into the living room. Um, my mom had brought them tea before to in, in an attempt to reactivate the lead and, and get the deal. And she ended up not being home. But this was, again, back in November. And But the sons were there to receive the tea. So when I said, hey, this is Scott, and, you know, the son went, oh, is your mom the one that brought tea? She was very nice. So all those little rapport things really helped. And yeah. I think that's probably how I got into the living room. So at that point, I just sat on the couch. I was there probably a good hour. And we talked about, you know, I didn't even look at the house first off. I didn't take a tour of the house. I already knew it was a good price. So I just built rapport. We talked about, you know, video games or her kids were really kind of techie kids and, and sci-fi. They're working on Rubik's Cube. So we just talked about anything but the house and the situation. And maybe uh -huh. about after 20, 30 minutes, I said, you know, so, so what are you going to do with it? And she said that she wanted to sell it, but she just wasn't ready yet. And she didn't know where she was going to go. So at that point, I just started trying to solve her problem. And um, I used a lot of Let's say, keep listening, guys. This is getting good. So solving problems. Keep going. I used a lot of what I learned from you guys, from Tom and from you in an effort to solve her problems. So her big problem was she didn't know where she was going to go. And I said, okay, well, you know, how long will it take you to find a place? She said, well, it could be 30 days. It could be a couple months. So I said, I said, what if we put the closing date out 60 days and you signed with me tonight? Would that be enough time for you to find another place to live in? She said, probably, but what if it's not? And then I went to a, okay, well, what if, and I got this one from Tom Kroll, what if we gave you an extra 30 days to stay in the property after we close? And she thought about that. She said, mm, well, that sounds pretty good. And it ended up being, Cody, probably another 30 minutes of what ifs, just like that. Yeah. And, uh, and her coming up with some sort of objection or saying no, but you know, I was, I was dead set and determined. I knew I had a live one on, on the line and I was going to get that close one way or another. So I just kept sitting there and saying, what if, and sometimes I didn't even know what I was going to ask next, but I just kept trying to solve that problem she would bring up to me. So, well, Scott, here's the good point. Out here's that, what you're saying that I love. I love the fact that you're at this point, I want everyone to understand this. It's, it's not the money. It didn't matter. It wasn't the money that she's looking at. She had a she had the problem of I don't know where I'm going. I genuinely just don't know where I'm going. Yeah, I'm fine to sell the house. I just don't know how long it's going to take. The fact that you just sat there cuz so many times I hear people walk away from those appointments like, "Oh, well, she doesn't know when she wants to move out." And I'm like, "No, no, no. There's probably some problems behind there. Like yeah. maybe she doesn't know that you have access to an incredible realtor who is your friend or or could start helping her find what area do you want to look for? What area are you looking for? What price range are you looking for? And start being the solution. This is what wholesaling is all about. It's very little to do with real estate. And it's all about just going in there and being a best friend that solves problems. And the byproduct is you get a contract that allows you to purchase their home. Keep going. Okay. So she had told me at one point early on that she had gotten an offer before from 165 for a friend. And I just kind of kept that in my mind. And as she's giving me objections and I'm trying to solve her problem saying, well, you could stay in the house. What if you could stay in the house an extra 30 days? The true objection came out. And that was that the person who had offered her 165 before is a friend. And that friend wanted to flip the house. So I said, and I got this one from you. I said, can you be super honest with me? Like super, super, super honest with me. And she said, yes, of course. And I said, do you have any doubt in your mind that I can make this happen and close the deal? 
and, and get get this closed on the closing date? She said, well, no. I said, so, so what is it? I must be missing something. And she said, well, I feel like because he's my friend, I owe it to him to, to sell it to him or at least check with him after. You know, I could check with him over the weekend, Scott, and see if he wants to do it. And if not, you know, it's yours. So I knew I was so close, Cody. And so the way that I got it was I used the tear up the contract close, which I'd heard Brent Daniels talk about on the podcast. I said, okay, well, what if we sign tonight? You think about over the weekend, talk with your friend. And if he wants to do it and you want to go with him, you call me up on Monday, we'll tear up the contract. So she starts thinking about it and her son starts talking about some video games and he's, he's talking. And then all of a sudden she goes, let's do it. And at that point, wow. I went out to my car, got the wow. paperwork and we wrote uh-huh. it up. Awesome. Awesome. Those are some key takeaways, guys. I always like the mindset of, of just thinking outside the box. And a lot of times it's just solving problems, but thinking outside the box at all, all everything that you can think outside the box. And, and if you go in the mindset that if I don't get a contract today, I'll never get a contract. It just starts to begin mm-hmm. to really help you think outside the box. It gets your mind moving and start thinking of things that are that are just not normal like this. It's like, okay, what if, what if, what if, what if? Oh, and what if we just put it under contract and if you don't like it, we'll rip it up on Monday. The thing is, she put under contract. She's already basically emotionally signed on this and there could be a chance that she doesn't even go talk to the friend because in her mind, she's yeah. already thinking, you know what, this is the easiest thing and it's, it's, it's considered sold. Absolutely. And something funny happened. One of the many times I sat there on the couch and, and I said, well, what if she laughed and she said, you're not going to leave until you get this signed, are you? <laughs> and, <laughs> she's like, you are a rhino. <laughs> I said, you know, you have you have a good deal here. This is a real deal. I'm trying to solve all of your issues. I'm just helping you make a decision of what you already know is best for you. And um, so I wanted to point that out. That, that was pretty funny. But also it was just I made up in my mind I was going to get that close. And, um, and I stuck in what was, you know, 30 minutes of no's. And I hung in there for as long as possible. And that's how I got this deal. And I think it was my, my ability to hang in there in that close when even myself in, in other instances, I would have, you know, acquiesced or taken the easy route or tried to come back later many times. But in this yeah. one, I wanted it so badly. I, I was made up my mind I was going to get it. And I think that that's what made the difference was my internal Mindset. assuredness that I was going to get it. Killer, killer, killer. So, Scott, what did you end up putting this under contract for? I put it under contract for 165 Okay, 165 the same price that the friend was going to get it. Mm-hmm. You put under contract, and then from there, what did it look like? Did you know this was going to be something that was going to be a, a good size deal? Or is it like, hey, I think I've got something here. I mean, I know it's a deal. I just don't know how big it is. Yeah, the latter, I didn't know how big it was going to be. Yeah, and I think that's the case for me as well. For most of our deals, it's like, I know it's a deal. I just don't know what it's going to be. And, and I think that's most of the time. So I want everyone on this to, to not overthink it. Oh, but what if it's not? But what if it is? And what if it's only this? Or what if it's that? Just go out there and do it. Take action. And, and you'll find out that most wholesalers or most investors, they, they don't know what it's going to be. They just know that it's a deal. And so yeah. what did you end up doing? How did you uh, end up turning this, this property for, uh, for a profit? Okay, so... McKeeva Hart, shout out to McKeeva Hart. I uh, was traveling in McKeeva's Kansas City awesome. when some 
Yeah, when some of this was going down, when when I got it under contract, I told her, hey, I got a deal under contract a few days ago. She's like, when's the inspection? I said, I don't know yet. You know, still need to look at comps. She's like, what are you doing? Get out of here right now and go talk to your cash buyers. So I left the restaurant and started calling cash buyers. And I I put 20 on it because I thought that still sounded like a good deal. And people were pretty interested at 185. Uh-huh. So, and you told me, don't go too high, Scott, you'll shoot yourself in your foot. So I thought 185 sounded like a good enough number as any. And we, we sent it out to the cash buyers at 185. Uh-huh. And I was on a business trip when, when all the emails, when we sent out the email blast, the text blast, when the actual inspection was. So shout out to Bill Rafter because we used his guides that he puts in the forum. He has a very detailed step-by-step manual on how to market the contract and how to hold the inspection event. And I literally printed that and gave it to my wife and to my mom. And they followed it step-by-step, got the word out to all the buyers, held the inspection event and received the offers. And what ended up happening, Cody, was it was the feeding frenzy that you guys teach. People said something like 30 buyers came out at once and they said it was just crazy. (laughs) <laughs> it was a total feeding frenzy and like, it got what bit What the up heck is going up, on? Is there a up? yard sale? Someone giving away free stuff? Like what yeah. is going on? Is there a parade <laughs> down there? <laughs> exactly. So we um, we had an offer coming at 205 and I think a few other offers a little bit higher than that. So we went to the top three and we told them, okay, you're all very close. Would you like to adjust your offer? And everybody increased it a little bit. And the offer that we ended up accepting was for two seventeen. Two seventeen, and I my math is crazy on this, but is this fifty two thousand dollars? Yeah, fifty two. Holy smokes! What you thought could be potential a twenty thousand dollar deal, more than doubled to a fifty two thousand dollar deal. <laughs> Woo, Scott, Absolutely. you know it's coming. Hold on one second. There, my friend, is the victory bell that you have been waiting for for now almost, almost a year. But Scott, let's let's recap on this. $52,000. What does $52,000 do for you? And what is it going to do for you in the future? It's it's awesome. It just um, I was reading The Richest Man in Babylon, and he talked oh, about just the feeling of having coins jingling in your purse and in your pocket. <laughs> we thought about keeping this property for ourselves to live in, but I was like, no, I want to feel the coins jingling in my purse. So that's why we wholesaled <laughs> it. <laughs> and it feels so good. And what it's allowed me to do is I wanted to do this anyways. Everyone that's listening to this podcast probably wants to quit their job. So I, uh, I told my my boss what I was doing. And that it was going really well for me. And he asked me to stay on for three months. So I've given them three months. But I will be leaving my job at the end of April. End of April. You come full-time Rhino doing wholesaling full-time, which is an amazing, amazing achievement. But Scott, I think even further, I'm looking at this. Mentally, what does this do for you? You have to now have such a better, like a stronger confidence, a stronger hope, a stronger faith in the process, a stronger commitment knowing that oh my goodness because i remember my first deal i literally had to pinch myself yeah. I'm like good <clears throat> gravy like this is real oh my goodness this is real and yeah. and it gave me so much confidence from there to just move forward and just like nothing's gonna stop me i am now so motivated mo- so determined i mean did you feel those same feelings or what did it what does it feel like now yeah absolutely um 
at the beginning, when you start off wholesaling and you don't have a deal yet, everyone goes through this. It's, it's faith. And Brent Daniels talks about faith to fact. And I knew that wholesaling worked because I heard so many people go on the podcast and tell their stories. I said, it's going to work for me. It's just a matter of time. I just need to keep going through the actions. It seems like every time you get close, something happens and you know you don't get the deal or, or, or things fall through. But I was like, you just got to stick with it. It's eventually going to happen. And it moved from faith to fact. And as soon as we, we got it and it closed, it's like something magical takes place inside. We're like, okay, this is definitely real. I've moved into the big leagues. I, I've graduated from being a person in a job to a person that can now has the abilities to make money on my own and to take care of myself and my family without having to work nine to five for a company. And, and so that was awesome. And, and also, Cody, when I got that close, I'd say that was even a better feeling because <laughs> it was so, so difficult. Awesome. It was uh, it was really that was like that was an incredible feeling to get that grant cardone always says like the trumpets will sound and the and the victory marches will happen that's what it feels like <laughs> when you get a great close that that was transformational internally as well because i thought wow i can do this so so awesome scott i am so proud of you man this is good Thank stuff you, and it's you have such a good heart that's why this business will do good for you because you'll do good for others and and always maintain that and keep that. I share that with anyone listening on this podcast today. Maintain integrity. It's not about the money at the end of the day. I mean, we do a fun job on on celebrating the money that uh, people make, but in all reality, guys, I want you to know heartfelt, it's not about the money. It's about going out there and just serving individuals. In fact, serving individuals even when you're not the option. And Scott has that heart. And that's something that if you really want to do well in this business, you got to be like the the book by Bob Berg, The Go-Giver. Just go mm-hmm. out there and serve individuals. And as you serve individuals, you see the, the law of reciprocity where it comes back tenfold. And so, Scott, my man, proud of you. And we always end this podcast the same way, though. Two questions. Hindsight, you have 20-20 vision. What would you do talking to someone now that's maybe on this podcast, listening to this for the first time or yeah. thinking about getting involved? What would you tell them that at the beginning, if I were starting all over again, this is what I do different or this is what I do the same? Okay. Um, I, I got a list of quick bullet points here. So first off, get a coach. So if you're not in the tribe and if you got the the funds and the resources to be able to join it, just just do it. Um, the modules are great, but even better than that is access to the coaches, Cody and Tom and, and Brent and, um, and especially Bill Rafter. Every time I have a question a and it's, and it's not the day, it's not Wednesday for the calls. I just ask him, Bill Rafter gets back within like 30 minutes with an awesome answer. So, you know, get, get yourself into the tribe would be the first thing that I would say. Uh, second off, you know, decide ahead of time that you're going to do this, that you're going to stick with it. And no matter how long it takes until you're successful at it. And that will take some of the pressure off when you're spending money month after month on marketing. Um, once you decide ahead of time that you're just going to keep doing it until you're successful, that, that will take the pressure off. And, uh, and then it'll, you, you stick with that consistency, which everyone talks about. And it's ultimately going to happen. For me, it took longer than I wanted, but it happened. So that would be another thing. Um, and then lastly is just you got to think positive all the time, especially when it's the toughest, when you get kicked in the gut and things go wrong. I, I had a, a deal that I closed on personally, and I'm going to lose some money on it. But um, even in those dar- darkest moments, you just got to 
especially then think positive and and watch the noise, the mind pollution. You know, don't be listening to the news. Spend less time on Facebook and just dedicate yourself to your craft. That would so be the uh, advice I give anyone and also to myself at the beginning. Isn't it ironic that the saying, no news is good news, and that literally yeah. should be the philosophy. Like, don't watch the news. That stuff's phony, but it's also so negative. So no news is yeah. good news. Awesome stuff. So second question, what one book would you say has been a game changer for you? Man, okay, all the ones that you guys mentioned in the tribe are fantastic. I love The Compound Effect, uh, Four Spiritual Laws of Prosperity. It's a great one, The Go-Giver. The best book is always the one that you happen to be reading at any moment. And the one I'm reading now <laughs> is The Power of Self-Discipline, No Excuses by Brian Tracy. Oh, it's Brian so Tracy's good. I'm about, oh my gosh, I'm highlighting, all my pages are highlighted, almost the entire page. <laughs> that's so that, awesome. that's a great book. Um, I would recommend that one to anyone. And... Another book, which I've never heard mentioned, I'm just going to put it here. It, it's called Mornings by Horseback by David McCullough. And it's, the, it's a, basically a biography of Teddy Roosevelt. And Teddy Roosevelt was the original rhino. He was, you know, characterized by just 100% enthusiasm with everything that he did. He was an outdoorsman, a, a businessman, obviously later on president. He had more grit than anybody. And he had integrity beyond reproach. So I think that sometimes we, we got to branch out beyond the personal development books. Otherwise, we could get kind of one dimensional. But if you want to see, you know, someone that implements all the stuff that we learned and, and read about an amazing man that that did all these things in the personal development books and what that looks like, I would definitely pick up that book. And it's Mornings and, by Horseback. Is that what you said? Uh, yes. Mornings on Horseback by David okay. McCullough. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Scott, I want to thank you again for being on the podcast today. There's so many individuals listening today that your story resonates with. I appreciate your time and I know you're going to get right back off this podcast and go right to town. So thanks again for sharing this story and helping individuals realize that they can do it too. Yeah. Thank you, Cody. Thank you to you, Tom, Brent Daniels, everyone in the tribe that's come before me and been on this podcast, all the people that I've reached out to in the tribe that have helped me. Thank you. Uh, awesome. Awesome. This, this is awesome. This is awesome stuff. Scott, thank you so much. Rhino Nation, this has been an incredible podcast. You should have more than enough gold nuggets jotted down on your piece of paper that you wrote with your own pen or if you do it on computer, whatever it is, you should have plenty. But the secret here is be a sniper. Do one bullet at a time just like a sniper. Pick the top gold nugget that you heard today and act on it today. That's the value of this podcast. It can make you feel great. I hope it does. That's, that's our hope. But if it just makes you feel good, that's not enough. It's got to make you now take action, massive amounts of action. So figure the one thing that you're going to take action on today, go do it so that you can get one step closer to your first deal or next deal. And if you personally need help building your wholesaling business, go over to wholesalinginc.com where you can book a call with our team and we can see if it is a good fit. God bless, guys, and we'll see you on the next episode. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at InvestorGrit.com by joining the mailing list as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.